Hello everyone and welcome to episode 141 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside Carl Jones. Let's dedicate this one to the memory of Tiny Lister. And Kieran O'Rourke. Seriously, if you're going to do these little pseudo-intros, Carl, you need to tell me because I've got no material planned. <laughs> I'm going to be rambling like an idiot and I, I, you may, gonna, you've basically murked me off, dude. Why do you think I keep going back to Lister? I've got nothing else. <laughs> More than I've got. And we are back this week, a little bit later than we planned, but uh, scheduling conflicts uh, led to this being done a week later than, uh, than we anticipated. Of course, reviewing all in uh, the famed production, Pay-Per-View by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, uh, that obviously was kind of the talk of the business last week. Um, a lot has been said about this show, and obviously we really want to hit it, even with a, a little bit of a delay. And I think it's kind of a good thing that we have, because after the event, there was a lot of kind of... I mean, the, the way that this kind of whole thing kind of came together the production of it you know, inviting a lot of the, the wrestling media there it meant for a lot of favourable press from the people who got to kind of witness it in the building and um, were kind of like swept up in the in the kind of uh, the, the wave the movement of what it was yeah I mean we'll probably break it down in a bit more detail as we go along but uh, one or two in particular I thought were almost <sighs> fawning in their praise I think is the best way to put it and Alvarez, for example, I think being a chief a chief suspect of this. Really, I have obviously I've read nothing of this being uh, off the grid, so to speak. I've gone very Jason Bourne, and um, yes, I'm interested. I have no idea what people have said about it. So that'd be quite fun. Yeah, so that was the whole thing. So I really kind of wanted this show in particular, not just to be to be our platform to what we thought of the show and the, and the our thoughts on kind of the significance on the business of All In and, and kind of everything it implies, but the feedback, the response. One of the things that I kind of said to you, I think it was Kieran, about how the reaction to this show has been very, very interesting. And like I say, having guys like Meltzer and Alvarez and Wade Keller and a lot of the reporters, a lot of the internet wrestling media, they're at the show leading to this very favourable reaction because obviously they're in the, they're amidst it all. Um, and there's a lot of parallels with this show to me with like ECW One Night Stand where it's that kind of isolated and, and for many reasons which you'll get to throughout the course of the show and ECW in general actually it reminds me very much of an ECW production but uh, ECW One Night Stand in that kind of that heat at the moment kind of you're, you're there it's a, it's a place in time if you're there if you're a part of it it's incredible you, you kind of get swept up in the buzz and it can kind of uh, you know the rose tinted glasses may be there a little bit somewhat for some aspects of this uh, but they're, they're very much Carmen I mean, you can speak to this Universal praise, pretty much, for this show. I mean, there's this kind of little, the, the, the Twitter kind of community, the uh, some some aspects of the Twitter community, yeah, but the ones who you know listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast, for example, who will <laughs> bury anybody that was at this show and fans of this ilk and that kind of a thing. Uh, and then also you got the, the the majority, I suppose, of the internet opinion, which is very very pro all in. I'm going to say, um, I, I can't say I've come across much negative negative feedback. I dare say when it comes to the old internet wrestling community which let's be honest a lot of this show was targeted towards it wasn't um, it wasn't put on as sort of a oh, I hate to use the analogy but the old John Q Walmart yeah, the casual casual fan it's, it wasn't aimed at trying to pick up other fans it was very much you know, targeting the niche if you like Yeah. and by extension I'd, I'd say the praise in a positive sense was Somewhere around ninety-five percent. I'd say, yeah, yeah I'd say so. Rather, un, rather unscientific, sort of finger in the air type of thing. But you know, if, if, you, if you're going to sort of put some sort of percentage on it, that, that'd be where I'd be going. And of course, all of this was an online movement uh, from originally stemming from the conversation with Cody Rhodes and Dave Meltzer. 
uh, about whether or not an independent company could sell 10,000 seats, and this ended up selling over 11,000 seats, as it turned out. Um, a lot of the storylines, obviously, were part of the uh, the Being the Elite YouTube show with uh, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Flip Gordon, and the rest of the crew. Uh, so, obviously, a lot of the stuff that happened on this show were things that tied back to the internet show. So uh, very much what you say, Carl, in terms of targeting the internet audience. The people who bought this show were buying it in support of what they'd seen, and, uh, and a lot of what they did was, was catered for it. So Yeah, I think that's probably one, one salient point to make, in that people were buying this show... I know I'm casting with a broad brush here, but generally people who bought the show were going to buy it regardless because they wanted to support the yes. the boys, if you like, yeah. as opposed to there being any sort of hook to draw them in. Yeah, and that's, that's actually, I really kind of wanted to touch on that because a lot of the, the things that were said about this show in terms of the historical significance of it, and it's obviously I'm not going to take away from it because as a build, as a, as a show that sold 11,000 plus tickets when no company other than WWE has done that in North America in like 20 years... Not to say that's no big deal. It's more than TNA put in a building. It's more than a lot of people put in buildings. But it's an isolated incident. The entire theme of the show is obviously built towards targeting an isolated night. And I know that we kind of mentioned this before, Kieran, about how we talked about All In, the concept of All In, and you said, quite flatly, doesn't impress me. <laughs> 10,000 seats, one time, doesn't impress you. It's not... Th- th- it's the more the premise. The premise... My understanding is Meltzer saying an indie company's not going to draw 10,000 anytime soon. And he's... This doesn't disprove that, in my opinion, because this is... It, this isn't a company that has... This, I think the statement that Meltzer was trying to make was that, you know, a, a company with its own... You know, a company... <laughs> a company with its own fan base... With its own stars under contract, a true own standalone yeah. independent company, with television is not going to yeah is not going to be able to to generate and create its stars to the level where you, you draw on ten thousand and no one's got the money to then bring in those stars to have a company you know click, that's a click like that mm-hmm. um, out of thin air to draw ten thousand because for me then the, the right when when Liam wrote crazy like a fox half the, the premise of speaking to the guys you spoke to mm-hmm. was they would then double as your PR absolutely because the people who were, yeah. who, who were involved in Brian's life yeah. at a very deep level were people of this ilk so it only made sense yes. to target them and that's and the draw of this gate for me is kind of it kind of echoes that it's the um I think I think the thing I said was Meltzer drew the gate. <laughs> and it is, it's, it's the notoriety, and that's the exposure level you've got. Um, so it's kind of it's a great standalone achievement. Don't get me wrong, but that's all. It it's is. a spot show. It's and the talent in that crew. The end, you know that it's it was the second half of the show was so great because it was a New Japan show. It wasn't some disparate indie company. It was New Japan guys. And how's that independent? Because they're on a contract with New Japan. It's not an independent country. A company. It's a, it's a pseudo, nostalgia show. Kind of felt a bit like there's this parallel to my kind of like a TNA one night only. And it's like uh, just because Okada, you know, once wrestled as Kato and yeah, let's put him in the main. <laughs> um, that I don't, I don't mean that. As um, as pejorative terms, I'm using it because I enjoyed the show. But that's for all intents and purposes. That's what the premise of this show was. It's like a best of the indies kind of uh, 
supplemented by proper stars who actually work for a company that shouldn't be, you know, is in New Japan class as an independent company. Uh, Probably shouldn't be. It doesn't really matter whether it is or isn't. For all intents and purposes, this isn't an issue. It's, this isn't a company that's created its own fan base, its own stars, that's people that's drawn money and sold tickets on the back of its own work, which I think is where Meltzer was coming from. Yes, I uh, would agree. So that's that was my take on it. Yeah, and I think you're wrong. I think it's, it's an absolutely dead on point. No, I, I think it's completely accurate. It's very much a sense of you talk about it, sort of a, an amalgamation. It's if, if you're looking at it in a business sense, it's a consortium. It's the consortium of talent because you're right. When when people use the term in the general sense, independent company, they think of a, you know, a, a small company in, in one certain region with a fairly small roster, with people who don't who don't have names that have a lot of cachet to them. You've got Omega here, Okada here. They're not independent wrestlers. They they work for the second biggest company in in the world and. Yes, there is a great wide disparity between WWE and New Japan in terms of revenue and things of that nature, exposure. But it's still people wrestling f- from the second biggest company in the world. So it's not it's not the same sort of scenarios trying to take an independent company and have a big blowout show somewhere. Yeah, I think it's the... Uh, and also, I think that it shouldn't really be overlooked. And I don't think that it is, to be quite honest. But I think that a lot of people... Once this kind of idea spread, it spread like wildfire, and the idea of being a part of history was very much a part of the, the flying crowd who came to do this, which is interesting because New Japan and, uh, and Ring of Honor are obviously collaborating WrestleMania weekend in Madison Square Garden for a show that has sold out MSG, which I believe will be over at or around 15,000 tickets. Very interesting because, as I found out this last, I think it was a week or two ago that it was reported, it was actually not that much of a flying crowd. It's mostly New York who's actually purchased the tickets. It's like eighty-five percent New York, like local purchases. Well, I'd imagine that a lot of people who end up being at that show will be buying tickets from scalpers in New York. They're gonna have to try because I don't think I don't think, I don't think there's gonna be that many. The I don't think there's actually that many that StubHub got a hold of. So uh, mm. we'll see. But uh, it's an interesting kind of situation. But uh, it's it's definitely an intriguing time because obviously and and the the very very. Uh, newsworthy part of this is that the key players their contracts are all coming up at the end of the year which is a lovely Pillman-esque piece of business that I, uh, I have to give a pat on the back for here because uh, Omega's deal's coming up I think January I think Cody's or the Young Bucks is, is October I can't remember but, but don't, isn't that normally the case at the start of every year anyway yeah. they don't, is it normally one Omega's, I think Omega signed a two year last okay. time Yeah, so this it's coming up now but uh, yeah so very interesting time we'll kind of see I mean and that's the thing a lot of the talk after this we're just talking about well what's next yeah, this was this was such a big thing. This felt like like history. What's next? And to be quite honest, I think part of it is that that that's it. That's the point. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's, that's it. And that goes. Back you, well, if you do all in two, you might be able to do it again. But as a one-off in a year, so it's special. Mm. But that's if you get some extra supplement. Like if you bought maybe like a Tanahashi this time or something, you'd have to supplement the talent again. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think we get, and we can probably go into this in more detail, sort of from a summary standpoint. When, but when we talk about this idea of legacy because uh, people use it it's a historical night it's, you know, it's is it really D- don't get me wrong it's an impressive achievement but is it something with widespread ramifications is it really going to reverberate for so long or is it just going to be a footnote yeah time's going to tell I on think, that yeah, I think with same like that as well we shouldn't forget that this is pro wrestling right and 
it's still being hyped as it's it's been hyped in pro wrestling terms just because this is hyped to a segment of the market he who uh, in air quotations uh, savvy to the business or whatever they're still getting worked and this is this is all part of that, the that, mystique the prestige the hype the hook to, to sell the show to that segment of the audience and that's not about, and, that, and, then, and that's fine that's but, beautiful yeah. it is beautiful but but they don't realise and it. it's beautiful that most of them don't realise it yes, well, it is. if you're listening to it well now you realise what, you, you, what you're doing but um it's yeah, it's it's it's, be- it's a beautiful thing to see, but I forget which one of the it was the hardcore forever, the the Raven remarked about the the crowd at um, at the bingo hall where everyone else talked about how much they hated them, and Raven Raven loved it. He said they they were so smart or thought they were so smart they were the easiest people to work. Yeah, yeah that's the way it goes. Now one of the things obviously I wanted to touch on as well was because the in the midst of all the kind of uh, hoopla about what the show was again the reviews came in quite strong quite fast so obviously we're going to review the show and kind of give our takes away from the hyperbole and having not been there live Ringer like, did, a, did a piece calling this one the, like, the best show in recent memory which I found that a bit hard to swallow because I, I they've, feel they've not watched any New any, Japan any shows in the last Japan, yeah. four or five years clearly but uh, yeah I th- it'll be interesting to talk about how much of the pre-show did you guys get to watch? Because, Kim, I don't think you got to see any of the pre-show, I, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't watch it. You didn't either? Okay, I, so... I, I was unaware there was a pre-show until after I'd seen the show. Yeah, so the Battle Royal is uh, it was actually pretty fun and pretty worth going out your way to see. Kieran, you missed a Battle Royal. Oh. It was a good Battle Royal, it really there was. There is no such thing you as got, a good Battle there Royal. There is, there is. This is a good one. They, uh, it was very well done. And in the end, it turns out, obviously, the whole set of his Flip Gordon, who on Being the Elite has been trying to get booked on the show forever and couldn't, they refused to book him, sneaks into the match, throws Billy Ray over the top rope in the Battle Royal and gets booked on the show against Jay Lethal. So that's the backstory to, uh, to that, in case anybody else missed the pre-show. But uh, moving now to the main card, and also, actually, one of the things early, before we do get into the main uh, bulk of the card is there were some kind of production issues throughout the course of this show we'll touch on but they, they, they were more glaring on the pre-show than they were on the main show but uh, some audio issues on the microphones with the, the Cody at the start and little things but uh, we'll, we'll get to them as we come along this actually show kicked off with Matt Cross and uh, MJF so uh, this will be your first time I assume seeing MJF it was mine um, yeah. so Matt Cross who was M-Dog and his son Havoc on Lucha Underground um interesting choice that this was unannounced there's an unadvertised match pretty much thrown out there kind of for no reason and it's like one of those things where part of me wants to have that thing in my head of like I've been on enough indie shows to know everybody's attitude towards the opening match and the fact that it should be a simple laid out opener where you kind of set the ground rules and fundamental you know pro wrestling rules that obviously then later on we're going to build up and build on so what's the point when you've had a table bump in the Battle Royal on the pre-show and you've had, you know, a tag team match that really actually started the show because all the people were in the building to start with anyway when the Briscoes and Kazarian and Scorpio Sky wrestle. So, you know, one of those, one of those little things that really doesn't, uh, doesn't really wash with me and it felt like this match didn't really have much purpose here. Um, it probably explains the... Well, as a caveat, I will say, and you touched on it, Liam, there were what felt like a, a few production issues particularly in terms of how the crowd were mic'd and the acoustics of the yeah. building I don't think it translated well to watching it on TV um, but that might explain why I thought the crowd were a little bit cold for this and, and the, the, the two guys worked hard and I'm not going to necessarily say that they did too many things that should have got the crowd out of their seat based on what you saw but even so I would have expected a, a hotter crowd just for the way they sort of hyped the show and like we talk about all these the 
particular fans that have been targeted to try and get tickets and try and get them in the doors. You think you think they'd be they'd be going like gangbusters regards. Someone's like sort of you know an NXT crowd in the opener. That that mm. type of thing. Rabid. That, yes. Well, that's very much what and, they and were that, in the pre-show. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying, what's the which, point which, of a match like this on the mm. first match of a pay-per-view? But you know what your audience is. Your audience doesn't give a shit about no. this. Um, and like I said, as an opener, it was it was fine. You know, the, the the two guys worked hard. Uh, Matt Cross in particular, and, and a few individuals. The man who Steve Austin kicked off a tough enough way back when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I never. I never did quite forgive Trish Stratus for the uh, facials remark, <laughs> which is basically what got him shit canned. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, but he. He. I don't want to say he looked out of his element, but which one? Matt Cross, but he quite frequently the, the sort of the look on his face he looked like he was just happy to be there and there was a few people like that during the show you know of clearly the biggest crowd they've ever they've ever, they've ever worked in front of but they weren't sort of getting into the confines of the match it was almost, almost very much sort of wide-eyed looking around at the crowd and to me I know it sounds hypercritical but to me watching it then it then takes me out of it a bit <laughs> but I'm really yeah, when you're trying to sit there and get into it then you're watching Oh, you're just like doing somersaults inside, aren't you? And you just, yeah, you know, I, I can't, I can't get into it. I can't get into the, to sort of the conflict did, and the. Matt Cross did a lot of somersaults on the outside as well. To be fair, well, this is, this is true. And there was that pile driver spot during the match, wasn't there? Ah, uh, yes. Well, but, but still, it, it was, you know, as an opener, it, it, it was, you know, in the traditional sense, it was fine. To Liam's point, obviously, I didn't see the pre-show, but as you've touched on there in the context of that night it was obviously misplaced yeah I feel the same way yeah. MJF what were your impressions Kieran is that the fucking Burberry guy yeah, yeah. Burberry, Burberry scarf well, that's, Burberry that's, Del Rio <laughs> that's, that's obviously the impression he made on me um, I was disappointed he looked like he was going to be a, a right douche coming out and I was looking forward to that I thought the Burberry didn't like it but in a good way uh, and he, just, he was just there he didn't, um, I really can't remember anything else he did in the match yeah that's kind of my overall impression is that when it's left you just kind of left it a bit of a void of he's just a guy who feels like a, a guy. yeah I was really expecting to do like the you know yeah, real wacky heel stuff and yeah, he didn't really choke him with the Burberry scarf just anything just any kind of dastliness and it was just he was just kind of there and it was like I think I had audio notes for this folks but my voice recorded it, it didn't come out well I couldn't it made less sense than my normal ramblings <laughs> and um I was just, it was, yeah, it seemed it was, okay, Matt Cross go out, do a few flips for a few minutes and get people going, wow, ooh. Shoot star press. Yeah, that was, that was a lot. Um, I was a bit disappointed with MJF. Yeah. yeah. Little, just, you, you thought there could be more. I thought, I just wanted to see something from him, just a bit of charisma. I, th- I was expecting, I thought, this guy, uh, he's probably, it doesn't look like he's going to do a lot, so he must be charismatic, and he just wasn't. <laughs> was just, he ticks no boxes. No boxes ticked. No, unfortunately. How many uh, boxes did the announcers tick for you on this show, by uh, the way? Uh, Excalibur, yeah. Don Callis, Ian Rickabine, the IOH announcer. First of all, Excalibur was Kenny Powers under a lucha mask <laughs> when Kenny's trying to enunciate things correctly and stuff like that. <laughs> so that was mildly amusing for two minutes um, after that. I'm not impressed by their performance. <laughs> yeah, not they. they nothing. They weren't terrible. I think. Yeah, we're not. We're not talking David Otunga, Jonathan Coachman. <laughs> by the way, oh, Byron. Oh, by the way, you. By the way, breaking, Byron Saxton, Carl, Percy Carl, Watson, Carl, Carl, Carl. Breaking news today. 
Coachman's been bumped from Raw. He's gone. Who's coming in? Renee Young. She's not black. <laughs> they weren't god awful. They weren't particularly good either. One thing I wasn't a fan of in the early goings of this show was the rotation of commentators. Mm, yeah. And just as a general rule of thumb, I'm not a fan of a three man team. No, I prefer two. I prefer a two man team. Don, um, Don Callis, I liked throughout the show for Don, the most part. Don Callis was the best of the bunch. I just. I didn't. There were times when things were said that I didn't like. Trying to be he can, granted, he, it's the audience there playing to and all no, that. It, it, but I don't want to hear announcers talk about kayfabe, oh God, yeah, using yeah. that word, and just yeah. talking about some of this so little bullshit. Hyper, and they were so hyperbolic. But every guy, yeah. cast, and the first match, and yeah, I think, and up to the couple of the women, in, well, just every single match it seemed in the first half of the shows. This guy is the most. He's either groundbreaking or some guys. Um, what MJF was something like the hottest rising star, but he was also a journeyman. That confused me. <laughs> Um, yeah, just hyperbole for this season, too yeah. much, too soon. It's like WCW-ish. Yeah, yeah and, and because of that, by the time you get to um, Carlos's boys, yes. such as Omega and the like, when well, you get Winnipeg uh, Mafia, at that point it, it becomes insufferable almost at times. Yeah. It goes too far. You think, oh, yeah, it, it just it's it's coming through. How much of a homer you are from. This, and if you were just like if if you were taking it from the standpoint of just playing the heel announcer, that would be fine. But he doesn't do that, so it, it's a bit of an odd one. And as you you sort of touched upon there, Liam, about the the the, the way in which they come across, it. and you can appreciate because of it's because of the audience they're targeting. They use the sort of phrases they do. I don't particularly care for hearing them either. And I think that maybe was part of the disconnect between me and the show in that on one hand I I accept I, I don't get wrong I can accept what they were portraying as a whole and the audience they were feeding it into but, but when I'm watching it I or when I watch wrestling in general I don't want to watch wrestling through that prism I want to get I want to get lost in the conflict and yeah. and, and you're not able to get that from this sort of show yeah. so that and you know, that, you know, that's as much criticism of me as, as anyone else no, in, terms of, in not, terms of a mind frame. It's right? not my my. I was thinking about just where what is the the, the, the mindset of these fans and where are they and, and what is this show and it was I I thought it was like and it's the business in general and we'll probably come on to this later so maybe I shouldn't go talk about it now but it just feels like this kind of this nostalgia based thing it's based on. We're fans. It's a bunch of people who have forgotten how they got why they were fans in the first place, and this product is catering for that, taking out those those kind of fundamental elements of pro wrestling. You know, that's suspension of disbelief, heels faces, but they do lose it because when they're watching good matches, but they don't realise. I think so. Mm. We'll talk about it more as we come into it. But yeah, yeah, it's the, yeah the the, the, the drama is not there. The, 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 yeah, the, the, it's a different it's a different beast. It's, it is. It's, it's a different motivation for, for their me, reactions. Show me how good you're doing this thing that I used to love. Yes, uh, that used to yes. be real, and that it's and it's all. It's like you could be. It's like these matches they don't need win or it's like these matches get great they could do a thing where the, the fans fucking rank these matches like it's like at points out of six like it's figure skating at the end and then you get a round of applause for who performed the best work at the end of the night or something like that it's like that's what you, you're adding to it it's, oh, I don't know. yeah I see what you're saying now the announcers threw to an interview to Chris Daniels 
and it actually was not Chris Daniels. It was Nick Aldis. Who, uh, Sean Mooney, where you've been, yeah, by yeah. the way. I guess, uh, yeah, we'll and talk, we're talking about but... catering for particular audiences. Yeah. I, I, I cheered. I, I cheered. When, I when, loved when, it. When, and when he was Sean, great. When too. Sean Mooney appeared, I, I sat there watching it alone, cheering to nobody <laughs> in particular. But cheering nonetheless. Yes. And didn't he just come across smooth? He was. Uh, he smooth. Was. A professional. Yeah. A fucking professional. Sean Mooney. Come back. Welcome back we, to the business. We, we've missed you. We've missed you. Never thought I'd say that, by the way. <laughs> anyway, Nick Aldis's promo, what did you actually think of it? Because obviously he's, he's, he's doing the whole uh, heel NWA champion thing. This got good reviews, and I was just kind of nonplussed about it, to be quite honest. Very nonplussed. I, I thought it was okay. Yeah. yeah very nonplussed. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was completely okay. Yeah. yeah. And, nothing, and actually, nothing more to me. But uh, we'll move along because uh, Christopher Daniels, who was supposed to be interviewed, was not, wrestled Stephen Amell from Arrow. Uh, in the second match on right. the show okay a couple of things okay <laughs> I don't care for Arrow and by extension I don't care for Stephen Amell all, all I could think about coming away from this was you know if, if you're going to have the sort of show that you're having where, you, where you're catering to the particular ones and you want to highlight almost sort of the, the quote unquote kings of independent wrestling if we want to if we want to use that as the motif this is the person you gave to Daniels on this show you couldn't have given any other opponent to Christopher Daniels well, you give him this guy I mean he was wearing Brian Pillman's legs oh come on they did look like Brian Pillman's legs did they not 97 Pillman's yeah you know, you know what I'm saying yep, they referenced it was his third match ever and it looked like it was his third match it ever did. it did he, was, <laughs> he looked he was, he looked he was terrible there is he, the... was, he was terrible and, and Daniels dragged him to something that wasn't completely hideous yeah. I am going to have to figure out how to say this in the best way I can go on he reminded me of a lot of green people that I see <laughs> in wrestling who look like their legs and arms just move completely too independently too much movement yeah too much movement it's like why are you moving around all the time yes settle the fuck down I know stop that, like, moving and granted he's clearly a massive fan and the whole idea of like you know, using a, a, a celebrity in a match like this and then I know what you're going to say Cole you don't know people no one's flo- people who were not going to watch All In I don't think we're going to flock to this just because Stephen Amell was no there. and they're probably not watching the CW well fine. which is probably lost on half of our audience already which proves my point <laughs> again some shakiness in this some sloppiness he was, you he could was, say he was, he was there because he's He's Cody's friend, and they had a match at SummerSlam either last year or the year before. I forget when it was when he was Stardust. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He went, he tried. God bless him. He, oh, did. he, he, he tried. Van, Van Terminator threw himself through a table. Yeah, that was it, though, right? It's, it's like they were doing every single Shane McMahon shortcut you can think of. In yeah, <laughs> perfect, perfect way to put it. And again, I thought that you know there were he, you know Daniels is probably what they're probably the safest pair of hands to put him with. So don't get me wrong, this that made sense to me, but. Uh, Oh, in, in, if you're looking at it in that context yes it makes sense I would just rather Christopher Daniels had a better opponent and god damn Chris Daniels is fantastic yeah, by right. just watching him walk down the aisles like this man is fantastic oh, I love that, watching that Chris that was tremendous oh, <laughs> yeah. Daniels even when he starts doing the, the, the fucking the gyration in the ring it's like ah oh, Daniels he needs to be on national I know he's on orange why, why, why weren't you a bigger star <laughs> Uh, so moving on now to again and again it seemed like the crowd was quite quiet for Daniels and Amel by the way and whatever well that shouldn't be surprising um, 
I think those fans, if this match was put on a different show, they would have booed it. That's what I'm saying. And that's kind of why I wanted to review the show removed from the emotion of it. Because to me, it's like, there's a lot of things on this show that if you remove the setting... Well, it's it's not even the setting. the, the, The forgiving nature of those fans... This show was their show in that respect, and they, there's no way they were going to let it fail. With. Unless it was an absolutely terrible fucker. Even then, they would have tried to. They would. Have, I don't think it would have been. They'd have been sympathetic. Yeah, they would have been sympathetic. They would have tried, to, and they would have tried to make it entertain, entertaining, uh, or make it into a joke or something to protect. They would. They would have protected the show. Um, yeah. 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 For sure. And there's a, yeah another one coming up more late than that. Yeah, so we move on to that. So the four-way women's match: Britt Baker, Chelsea Green, Tessa Blanchard, Madison Rain. Um, I got some strong thoughts about what happened at some point in this match, but I, I have strong thoughts about the ending of the match. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't have strong thoughts about particularly anything else that happened in the match. I, honestly, I thought that the match, in terms, of, I'll give them a little bit of credit. Doing a four-way is horrible. Oh no, I, I, I have sympathy for them in that sense. Yeah, and they they tried hard. They worked, but. Uh, Tessa Blanchard, who's got a far more athletic yeah, she, uh, Tessa, execution. Tessa stood, stood out mainly because her surname's Blanchard, and I wanted her to do well because Tully's the king. Yes. Um, and yeah, athletic build. So obviously, she moved well. That's just the body dynamics. Um, Stephen and Mel moved the same way. It's that body coordination. It's an athletic coordination, which um, some people don't have, I guess, if you look yep. who's green. So she looked good. Um, the one woman who's doing the bipolar gimmick or whatever Chelsea Green she yeah. seemed to be over I just you know, I just didn't really give a shit about this match it was hard to and the thing is too it's a, I didn't give a shit about it as it went on because it was just a bunch of moves it was one move one move one move one move one move it was just a bunch of moves nothing tied in nothing kind of called back it was just a bunch of moves and really I think that the crowd reacted to it like it was just a meaningless bunch of moves until they did a meaningless move another another one that actually was impressive to them the Canadian Destroyer at which point they said this is awesome oh god yeah of course they did because I hate that move yeah well you know it's it's a it's a, it's a fail safe uh, on a show like this I feel and they did and again the, and the finish was blown the, the the finish was looked to me like it came too soon you know, like the, the, the girls tried to break it up oh yes they absolutely they absolutely fucked the finish they so fucked the finish I, said, I did have notes but I've, lo- I've left them actually got it on my phone but um, yeah they absolutely fucked the finish yeah, they fucked the finish. Uh, but hey, Tessa won anyway, so I'm happy with that. But afterwards, yeah. if there was one thing that I could do without seeing, it's the. Well, the performance is over now, let's all smile and do a big. Oh, no, yeah, and, that's, and, and obviously, we, we've had this debate um, at other times regarding other shows, most predominantly when it comes to NXT shows and the hugging afterwards, you know. I don't appreciate it when Asuka does it with Ember Moon when she's awarding her the belt when in the months prior she cheated to retain it so we're supposed to just forget that because it's all a celebration now the horse women and they're hugging and glad handing at the end of matches you know well this is supposed to be a feud and now you don't care and you, none of you seem upset that you've lost and because yeah. it's all just one big group effort and it, no Ain't nobody got time for that. It's horse shit is what it is. <laughs> and, and speaking to this notion of a legacy or what comes next, when you do things like that, it very much gives that vibe of one-off. Enjoy the show, but nothing you see here is really that important. 
I hate it. I hate it anytime any oh, yeah. promotion does this masturbatory nonsense. It didn't happen the match before. I know it was a male the match before. Yeah, I, yeah, expe- shake, shake, I, was ex- I was expecting that to happen because it's a male and so we're going to put over. Daniels, yeah. But again, yeah, two in a row. It's just, oh, and, and, nothing's real, is it? And it's, and it's part of the problem, again. I, I, I didn't hate the show by any means, but again, it's part of the problem with the show like this. Too much backslapping. Yeah. Too much backslapping. And by the way, to Neil Dashwood and Mandy Leone, Get the fuck off commentary if you've got nothing to say. Oh my They were well, god fucking well. awful. When your biggest contribution is, I think she needs to go for the pin, then you know it's a bad day at the office. I was longing for the days of Rob Bartlett, Carl. Oh, wow. Well, that's a strong statement, but one I have a hard time disagreeing with. Uh, I thought they were well, terrible. But are you surprised? It's, it's not as if... And I, I know some people in certain quarters always like to talk about how much Emma had improved... She was never. She was never a good talk. She was never charismatic. No, no. So, what on earth possesses you to think I know we'll put her on commentary? I have no idea. So at this point in the show, I wasn't particularly feeling the uh, that this show was anything special up to this point. But of course, it was all going to be about what followed. Uh, we move now to the NWA World Heavyweight Championship match. Cody Nick Aldis, the NWA champion. And some interesting characters. I liked. I I, mm, I I loved. God, first of all, <laughs> this was. Kieran's favourite was there. Both of them. Both of these. Topped only by the fact that Walrus, that he is Tommy Dreamer, was there with the polka dot trousers. Yeah. At what point are these people going to learn? <laughs> it's not hard to look up Dusty Rhodes' remarks. He didn't like the polka dots. Yeah, but he's he dead. was he was embarrassed by them, so let's play let's pay homage to him by wearing the things he didn't like. Tommy <laughs> Dreamer for you. No, yeah, yeah, very true. But that being said, I liked the concept at least. The, 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 the presentation was fantastic. It was good. Could have without the dog. I loved it. I loved the dog. I loved it. What a way to make. First of all. The entrance was great. The way that it did the, the fade into him walking backstage, where he just looked really emotional. He, his, to me, the the big win, the big thing here, the big accomplishment, if you will, the actual real quality to me was Cody Rhodes' facial expressions, pretty much the whole way through. I thought his facial expressions were outstanding in this. Just the way he was when he came with it, with you know, DDP and Tommy Dreamer and Glacier. <laughs> fucking winners. <laughs> Why Glacier, I wonder? Why what any a of them? completely obscure like I say, choice. I like the concept, but you could find three better people. <laughs> DDP at least was a world champion, even though we kind of, you know, mourn the fact that he was. <laughs> but, you know. Hey. But, yeah, again, the presentation... Well, at least he had the yoga spot with Cody. To he did. Him. He did. That was great. He should have actually done it like a cobra or something like that. I thought it was <laughs> Downward going. dog to kind of get him back into I it. I thought he was... Seriously, thought he was going. I loved it. I loved it when he just popped down. There's Pharaoh the dog. And the crowd popped. <laughs> the crowd popped for the dog. I was very... I was happy with that. People love dogs. The they, do, the they do. They uh, do. So, obviously... Again, hey. Not to be outdone on the, on, on the entourage. Here comes Big Daddy. Big Daddy's back with Nick <laughs> Aldis. It's Double J. Tim Storm, the guy Nick Aldis beat with the title, and then Sam Shaw from TNA. But, well, not TNA anymore. But, you know. Oh, is that who that was? Yeah, in the gloves. The serial killer gimmick. Stalked Christy Hemi. If I That's the one. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and then in the end, they didn't angle where you want to have sex with his mom. As you do. <laughs> TNA. And, it, and this company still exists. Well, not not the same. Not the same as it was. It'll never die. <laughs> it won't. 
<laughs> but I'm keen to know what you guys thought about when the bell first of all when the bell rang and the crowd actually got really up for it that was a kind of a cool moment even though again unique crowd as it is but they seem to be really into Cody in this whole thing. By the way, I will say, as a preface, I hated the video package that preceded this match. Oh, that's dog shit. Yeah, that yeah, was god-awful. Yeah, yeah that, that wasn't good. That was that was a slap together. The oh. fucking music was putrid, by the way. I don't know who made it. And they really tried as well. Um, I liked... I really liked the effort. Um, it was... Well, it was pro-wrestling. It was great, but... And I said that's like proper pro-wrestling. But the emotion from the crowd wasn't genuine it was we are as I was alluding to before they were going to support this and this is your baby Cody so god damn it we're going to treat you like the king you are because that's the game we're supposed to be playing on this show that you've put on for us and it it was really well done but I did just there was a sense of the crowd were playing their role it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't real it wasn't it wasn't the emotion of you know you get from the eighties for an NWO title match they were trying to recreate. It was almost like they were presenting it and like that, and it was the crowd pretending it was like that. But the crowd, it was still tongue in cheek, and let's. Oh, I just, I, I did. I really like the effort. Um, oldest is stiff, but I like him. Uh, not stiff as a stiff worker, just stiff, just stiff movements. Stiff, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I like him. He's always. He's, he's, he's solid. Um, don't, don't be bad mouthing oblivion from the gladiators. <laughs> Yeah, just in terms of that reaction. After you should have had his fucking entourage. <laughs> Shadow. <laughs> yeah, that'd been great. <laughs> yeah, you're not fucking, fucking Shadow, Saracen, and Warrior come out. Yeah, you're not fucking with that trio, are you? No, no that's an entourage. Jesus. Put them against Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Let's get him running the gauntlet. <laughs> Shadow would have like a loaded pugil stick. <laughs> oh, that would have been tremendous. Um. I think a, a, a prime example of, of what you touched upon there, though, Kieran, was the um, is the spot with DDP, where you know obviously Cody gets hit with the forearm, he, he's busted open. You don't see that initially, but the, the throwing up the X and the, oh, suggestion, and the suggestion that the match is over, it, 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 you know, it's trying to create a sense of drama, but because this audience are who they are. No, no one buys it. No one so, so, one so, 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 the effort is there, but it doesn't translate. And what do you the know, crowd do? As Cody Rhodes is selling, and people think the match is over, and DDP comes out to help, they chant yoga. So, yeah. Um, it was that's so No, no. But if, if we're if I'm considering this like some kind of a nostalgia show, a TNA one night only. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that. If only. I really, yeah. <laughs> TNA if only. I love it. Uh, <laughs> if only. <laughs> um, Actually, they have a union show and TNA buys the rights. <laughs> TNA if only. But this was, oh, this is like a, oh, it's the nostalgia of this is how a total match used to be. Yeah. And the crowd are going to treat it like this is how a crowd used to react to it. And it's like, okay, I really, I still enjoyed it. But th- that was always there at the back of my mind. I, d- I don't want to sound like I'm really negative on it. I'm just, that's my honest take on it. This, this, if people are reacting to it and think it's the best thing ever, well, no, I, I guess I, I'm to bring it up and say it wasn't. I think I think the the general reaction to this. I know that I mean there's a lot of positivity in terms of like how much the crowd was into it. In terms of like yeah, Meltzer was talking about like how this felt like an NWA title change reaction in the building. In terms of like what that the the, the loudness and the the sustained jubilation and just again the the with the presentation of the entrances and stuff like that that moment when the bell rings and Cody just looks around and everybody is is all excited in theory for Cody to win but 
the only time they ever really bought into anything that really happened was when he almost went with the crossroads at the end and that was it like one near four that they kind of bought and that was it and also again I didn't like the I wasn't a bit again again this this is all very very negative sounding yeah but this is nitpicking the things I didn't like I liked the bulk of the match so this it is it is a positive review for me but I didn't like them trying to do the little things like Cody can't is you know, the, the match might be over when really there's no need because you're just going to start running around doing the disaster kick afterwards or Brandy lying on him for the elbow drop and she doesn't sell it at all after the match as soon as well, the match finishes it's over she's well so with, how important was that with really? that with that spot in particular you shouldn't see her for the rest of the show yeah let alone in the next match yeah considering how much of a you know yeah um, I, I agree but yeah it's, it was. Um, and Cody's reactions after the, the the victory again, I thought were great. Well, here's the thing: Cody's performance was stellar. Yeah, the whole build-up on again online centric about yeah. how he's trying to win the belt that his dad held and stuff. That was really really yeah. good. Whilst we whilst we talk about the show in a, in a sense of detachment, in the way that that fans watch, it, in that sense of they're not getting into the drama, they're not getting emotionally involved, they're grading they're ready to hold up their nines or tens or whatever at the end of the match um, at least in this sense it did have a bit more of a vibe of them caring now again to Kieran's point that it maybe it wasn't the most sincere of, of emotions in the way they were judging it but at least they were getting into that and it, and it felt like a contest yeah it 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 had it had that feel of it yeah. at least in that sort of presentation. So, so you guys are trying to win something, yeah, and the strong. crowd, whether it's yeah, however authentic the actual deep rooted emotion was, they actually wanted the feel good moment. It felt like, and that's more what they were cheering for than anything else. They, they they wanted they at least they wanted to invest in the match and not get their jollies off like some WWE in in the same way that some WWE crowds do these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so from that sense, it, you know, it was. It it felt at least like the show was picking up a bit. Yeah, from, from, oh, definitely. From, from what had been a rather bland opening. Yeah, I agree completely. So it felt like there was a bit of a, a bit of a, a turn in proceedings for the night. Yeah, and I remember like, a lot of some of the, uh, the the response was the because of the emotion and the volume of the crowd for Cody winning that some people were saying this should have gone last. When actually, I think the placement this was absolutely perfect. Yeah. This would not have been better had it gone on last. It sort of had to follow a lot of great stuff, and it wouldn't have had. Yeah. Ni- and and it, and it would have it would have felt underwhelming. It would have because to your point, there, there were times when there were things that they were clearly trying to to draw a reaction from out from the crowd that didn't quite connect. Cody with the figure four, bloodied, and you know, it's a it's a cool visual, and again, it speaks to how how much Cody was really put into it and how how much he stood out, but the fans weren't buying it. Mm, yeah. Um, so we'll move on now talk quite a lot about that and I think general uh, general positive vibes Hangman Page versus bad boy Joey Janela is next and right. I, I got some I got some stuff to say uh, <laughs> on this match I'd, Hangman Page is someone who I've and I'm not going to say I've seen a you know, a wide catalogue of his work but he's really someone I could, I could take or leave I like him um, I like it I like Hangman uh, Joey Janela my knowledge of Joey Janela is almost non-existent fair enough so this um, was your first impression really yeah um, I just the, the problem is with this match I can't get past 
a running power bomb from height through a table onto the floor not being the finish <laughs> really that bothered you that much to then, to then go to think like a super kick for an ear for like, oh fuck off get the <laughs> fuck out of here with that shit <laughs> to then the absolute crazy spot at the end for the finish which I just literally just watching it at home I have tucked my head in towards my knees just trying to sort of looking away as they as they hit the ground how's he not killed him <laughs> and all of that no matter how violent no matter how sort of grandiose a visual for the ending is completely sullied <laughs> underwritten just destroyed by what follows it oh my god we'll I, talk about that no no we'll talk no, no I'll that. talk about it now because I'm I, know, <laughs> I absolutely fucking detest Joey Ryan I hate Joey Ryan I hate the penis druids I hate the crowd for indulging him with the penis plex or the penis or whatever the fuck it's called but it's okay because didn't he make everybody happy but he didn't make this person happy <laughs> Why should, why should I give a shit about the drama of anything that goes before it if this is what you're going to do afterwards? It's fucking nonsense. He's absolutely right. Fuck me. First of all, no, 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 no. Just quickly, just quickly, just quickly, sorry. Because, again, because this is the same Joey Ryan who, who defended the whole eight-year-old or 12 or whatever age is Bailey superfan getting choke slammed in the ring. Oh, that's right, that's because, right. Because that. he used the remark of well, people want to pretend it's a sport when it suits them. No, it's not about pretending it's a sport. It's wanting the sporting backdrop to the conflict, not to be insulted. That's the difference where, where he's concerned. But again, this so easily falls into the category of, I cannot explain this to someone who's not a wrestling fan. They will, I was going to watch will, this match they at will, work. They will, see, right. <laughs> they will see me watching this and look at me and go, you're a man in your 30s and you do this. <laughs> and I, I don't... There's no good comeback to that. There's no way I can defend it. It makes you feel... It makes you feel like an idiot for liking wrestling. <laughs> and he's just... He's, he's pond scum. What's <laughs> <laughs> a pond scum? Kieran, i got to say, the contrast to Carl was the second I saw this. I thought, Kieran's going to fucking love these dick druids. I fucking love the druids. <laughs> Dude, the druids is, is true genius. Oh, man, I pissed myself. I didn't piss myself, but I clapped. I clapped on my own out loud because I thought it was, you know, good job. Dick druids. <laughs> But it should have had one black one that was twice the size. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I don't get it. Then, um, <laughs> and um, oh, Dick Druid was fucking hilarious, given that he was supposed to be dead. So uh, it, that guy <laughs> actually even better. The video and the dick moves. That fucking yeah. funny. <laughs> That's that's the resurrection. It's the dick one. <laughs> that was good, right? And then he comes out, but then we just the, the dick plex and all that stuff. Oh, that's okay. Absolutely, Joey Janela fucking setting up spots and bumping like an absolute moron, killing himself, trying to get himself over. Not going to happen because your gimmick sucks. 
I can only imagine what Jared and I must, actually probably wasn't thinking anything in the back because that probably sums up the, psych, the lack of psychology but he's killed himself absolutely killed himself and then this guy comes out and fucking this that's th- those spots just absolutely pissed over everything it's like okay well what's the point yeah I can't I, I can't invest in anything if, if you're just going to piss it away like that yeah Um. it was I ha- yeah I hated that I hated that I love the druids I hated the, 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 the stuff after. Now, there's a, there's a few things here. I want to break down the three individuals involved in this, because I think we had a, a good little uh, theory, as we were talking about this the other day, Kieran. The whole idea of, I like Hangman Page. Mm. Facials are a little not perfect. But yes, they're facials are green. They're green, well, but, like but, but they're not bad. I like him. I think he's got a ton of potential. I think he's really good now, honestly. But I think he's got world potential. Joey Janela, I was really looking forward to seeing this, because I'd heard so much about him, and I'd seen him before anyway, but I thought, okay, this is the show where he's going to really kind of show what it is that I'm hearing when in reality there really was like so I mean other than the fact that he did the crazy bumps there's so little meat on this bone he's just I, in the metaphorical sense because he's fairly fat it had no, nothing other than putting his arms outstretched <sighs> marking out for like his mannerisms the whole, his mannerisms the whole act I just, the there's act nothing is there. incomplete yeah. it's an incomplete act that I don't like contrast that as much as you hate oh, him, yes, Joey Ryan. Well, Joey and he's, the, the tongue lick is like that. Dude's put time into that act. He's yeah. thinking about what he's doing. It's, it's the entrance is tight. He comes out. He, he is the way he is. He's got the persona. He's got the look. He's got the mannerisms. He's got the the overall presentation. Much as you hate it, much as it's fair to hate it, it is a fully fleshed production. I mean, and the thing that you know, the spot with the, the lollipop out the pants into the mouth, all that stuff. Thoughts gone into this. Whereas Joey Janela's thought seems to be, what kind of crazy shit can I do? And unfortunately, one of those two guys in wrestling, the real, the way that people really see wrestling, one of those is a setup guy and one of those is a star. And the guy that's a star was the one that came out second. And I think that's that's that's, that's quite telling when it comes to Joey Janela. Yeah, a lot, lot of work needs to be done on that. Yeah, package. Just, in terms of character, I saw nothing. If you're got okay, you're doing. I've got no problem. Everyone's going to work their own style and stuff. It's. Um, so his stuff looked good in, in spots um, spectacular so there's something mm. there like he, obviously he's over on his own little shows but then he's plastered his name all over it so I think anyway I've, I've seen yeah, I've, I've right. seen posters for his shows I haven't seen his shows yeah um, but then the, the, the look and the persona itself is, I just don't it, it needs to kind of I think it needs to reflect that if you're doing a crazy ass gimmick where you're bumping all over the shop your character needs to somehow reflect that the Briscoes their characters reflect that in their own way in a, they, yeah. it's authentic to them this guy, so he's okay. He's called the bad boy. What? You come out wearing a bandana or a little, well, them little yeah, the, the glasses, whatever. The old school glasses with Penelope Ford, who again kind of outshining my thought. Yeah, I mean, what's she there for? Then she does like a something spect. Yeah, the, 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 the backflips and the that crossbow at the top. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Um, the, yeah. The the act is just disconnected from his moveset and what he wants to do, and I'm just, I, yeah, not for me. Yeah, incomplete act. But again, and, act. And, and and then Joe Ryan comes out, and I hate the dick flip thing yeah, it's stupid I, 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 I know that it's a gag and that people like, love it but I'm never going to be able to like it you're going to slap it on the middle of a, a four hour pay per view with a Carter and a Mega uh, the guy's not that on it C- coming after a match where the two guys have just killed, killed themselves, themselves yeah. and the match prior to that where they're trying to make a, you know, a quote unquote world title mean something mm. and try and create some sort of a, a big fight feel with entourage is bringing you to the ring and that sort of thing you know you talk about things that are misplaced that's misplaced I hate it it would never be on any show that I would want to produce but if someone's going to hold a gun to your head and say you have to have this 
it's curtain jerking it's at the start of the show and then hopefully a long enough time has passed that people can forget it was on there <laughs> it's just and, and I know people will listen back to this podcast and it, yeah, it's typical Carl being negative miserable bitter sort of thing you know being down on things and if, if that's your opinion that's fine I just I just have a, a viewpoint that I don't want to watch something that makes me feel like I'm an idiot for watching it and that that is how Joey Ryan makes me feel when I watch a show I feel embarrassed to watch it alright well let's see if the next thing on the show makes you feel just as happy it is Black Machismo Jay Lethal against Flip Gordon who of course as we mentioned before won the uh, over budget battle royal in the, uh, the pre-show uh the Randy Savage stuff. Now the genius was there. Yeah, got a got a decent pop. He was there with the frisbee. So I believe. G- yeah, kudos, know, kudos for that. And I believe made more appearances for this independent community for WCW <laughs> after yeah. two two years at 150 gur a year. So yeah, good on you, Lanny. I don't think he was getting that sort of payout on this night. Um, and he wasn't the first person on the show to suck his own dick. <laughs> Time Warner's probably still paying him anyway. <laughs> Just a glitch in the system they don't realise. Yeah. So this is the deal. He's, this is a, this is an ongoing gag from being the elite, where he is he gets when he, he suffered a head injury. Whenever he gets slapped on the back hard, he transforms into Black Machismo and then back again. It's like Festus, basically. You're one of your favourite gimmicks, I'm sure, from years past. Biscuits and gravy. So he's wearing a uh, you know he's, he's wearing the savage getup. He's doing the whole deal. And uh, what do you think about this match with Luke Gordon? Generally speaking, I wasn't a big fan of the Hulk up. The, the, oh, the playoff WrestleMania five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it didn't help that the commentators got it wrong. Yeah. Oh, he's feeling something ultimate. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, no he's he isn't. not. No, he isn't. You dumb shit. Yeah. Um. Again, that vibe was... of that vibe of the. It's hard because this it's what it is. It's so hard to judge it from like a normal from a normal perspective of like because mm. it's like this crowd. With what you talked about, about the, these are the super fans who like these nostalgic callbacks. They kind of will excuse stuff like this. Whereas me, at this point in the show, it's like oh, I don't really know if I really want to see this in an ROH World Title match. Well, that, that I think I think that's the the crux of it. It's 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 a world. To say nothing of the fact that you've got a guy who you won't book on the show, but he wins a battle royal and gets a world title shot out of nowhere. Again, I'm, I'm looking at it through the wrong prism because I'm truly thinking of booking 101 and this and storylines matching yeah, when really this, they don't. This isn't, no, and this this, this isn't what uh, what that night was about. So you know, more more for me in that regard. But yeah, if it if it's going to be a world title match, I want something more in keeping with what Cody and Aldis did rather than this. Yeah, yeah, and. and Jay Lethal's a damn good wrestler. He's real. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't seen. I don't know. Is Flip Gordon particularly good? I, I don't know. This yeah, is the, he's pretty good. This is the first time I've ever seen him. So, yeah, he's yeah. good. Yeah, and a lot of work needed, but he's you know the, the, mm. he's quite young. So, and again, if, if you want it from a nitpick standpoint, I didn't want, I didn't want to see Brandy Rhodes out there. Yeah, I didn't like that either. She's only there so he could do the list stuff. With her. Yeah, oh, t- totally. Yeah. yeah. Which again is Which stupid you, because it's yeah. like your whole you book this whole so the whole match is booked to do those comedy spots. Um, that, that no one would no one would have missed if they weren't there you you could have still done Black Machismo without the list spots even yeah. you know, if you're desperate to do it no, no one is going to say oh well that was a great Randy Savage impersonation but there wasn't a Liz <laughs> damn it 
It just added a little touch to it. I liked it. It's a nice touch, but it's the same time. That's the whole point of this. Yeah. Get into the, the contrived nature of the show. It's like, okay, we're going to do the, this. Slot's going to be Jay's doing his match of gimmick for for those pops. We get the old boys in there as well. And yeah, we get Bully Ray oh. coming out. We get Colt coming out. We'll do the Shield yeah. Power Bomb, which uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bush Bush League. Yeah, it felt a little Bush, Bush League. League um, I will say a couple of just a couple of side points. It's nice. Uh, it was a nice touch for. Carrie Silkin to be there. Yeah. Considering all the money he ploughed into ROH over the years, you know. <laughs> and a nice guy. Nice, yeah, that, that was a nice touch. Um, Todd Sinclair, though. The ref. Todd Sinclair looks like he ate Todd Sinclair. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him being big in the ROH days. My God, he's massive. Yes. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a big man. Yeah. I had no, no great point to make about it. Just an, ob- <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, just an observation about how large Todd Sinclair is. Put your body shaming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, careful. We can't be doing careful. that. Careful. Come on, Carl. Are oh, you saying you thought he was? You liked him more when he was lighter? In our <laughs> way, careful now. <laughs> Moving along now to where the, the the point of the show where it really picked up, which was Kenny Omega, Pentagon Junior. Penta L0, Penta 0M, whatever they want to call him. There's about a thousand names they actually rattled off during the course of this match. Moves well for a man his size. <laughs> Very good. Stop with the fuck. <laughs> I love this. God damn, this is yeah, just this, a, this is just a, a, such a level above everything else on the show so far. And this this to me is the turning point of the show, where it's just like, okay, these last three matches. Omega, Okada, Ibushi. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, Let's have the good stuff. To, 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 to steal a JR line, business picked up. Yeah. Business picked up. I love the the pacing of the match. Omega's match structures are usually always pretty great anyway, especially the final stretches. I was going to say, for me, it, it was okay to start, but it, re- it didn't really... It's My thing with him is, uh, obviously, he goes quick from the start, lots of moving very fast, lots of flips and stuff to start with. And, uh, not really my... Th- I don't like the way he starts, mm. personally, how he starts his matches. But he's, he, when he hits his kind of the, his tipping point mid match, fuck me, what his matches are so great. It was the point for me. I think it was the it was the package pod driver on the on the, on the, on the apron. Oh, yeah. And fucking from Christ. that point Jesus. forward, the match was oh. fucking tight. Yeah, it was oh, great. I mean, I mean that that one, the, the one on the apron, I mean, wins enough. His yeah. apron spots. But then the one on Pentagon, just, oh, where, so where, where it just looks, he just drops him on his head. It just looks like he's just square, just flat. Yeah. Top of his head just flat on that canvas. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. The one where it, was, you could, it almost felt like you could hear his bonce on the apron. Just, yeah. That was not nice. Yeah. But yeah, the second one where he did the, the, the package part, the little spin, hooked him up and just dropped, dropped him. Legs wide. Just fucking planted the poor fucker. It's just... Oh, God. It was... Oh... I'm wincing now. Again, it felt... But, it felt this, this was the first time on the show where, again, to your point earlier on, the hot reactions felt authentic. Authentic. After the, after that spot, yeah. After that spot, um, it, that's the suspension of belief. People, they were working so hard, and he's starting to sell. He's he's actually selling stuff now because you've taken a real big crazy move that's intended to be the tipping point of the match, um, and it's just fucking believe. It's more believable. It's the action's tighter. It's snugger. The stuff looks good and impactful, and it looks like they're killing each other, and you believe in it because. It looks, it's great. So yes. yeah, so and, and people buying. For me, the reaction, the emotion, when people are, are, have truly lost their sense uh, of um, sus- uh, suspension of disbelief, like that, it's so it's 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 it's, phys- it's different to everything it. else and the contrived nature of what was the, the Cody stuff for me. Well, one thing that's always has become a very blatant tell in that regard now is 
the reaction to a two count. Even if people if people are, are, are popping just for moves, you will still get the two mm. or the Sweet. two. There you go. There you go. Case mm. in point. You don't have that here. It's genuine gasps and oohs and ahs at two counts, and and not just a wow. That was a, an impressive. Like, Jesus, he might be dead. That's it. it. It's over. Yeah. You know they they're reacting to the you know, perceived arm break. The arm oh, break. No, was Megan, great. You know, they're reacting when you're reacting to things like that. You're in the moment. You're not. Yeah. You're not. You're lost in it. Yeah. Yeah. You're lost in it. It's a different different vibe. There was another one, the Pentagon Drive at the pump handle where he just fucking dropped <laughs> again, dropped him at a horrible angle. But again, the crowd just fucking was all over it. And it's a it's a bit homespun to say, I, I grant you, but you know, it's hard to explain. But you you, you know you feel it when you're in the moment. You, 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 it's hard to explain what sort of the flicking the switches, but you know, when it happens, you, you know, after you're you're aware that you were caught up in it. Yeah, yeah. Omega's uh, what, what do you think because I mean we've been critical of Omega on previous uh, podcasts in terms of his facial expressions and stuff a lot of that was stripped away they are still terrible when he comes out yeah um, I, yeah, he does he doesn't impress me when he comes out when he walks out and, and until he gets really going but then Jesus Christ when he gets going he's just fucking phenomenal so yeah, I'm prepared hard to, let, to deny that I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to let anything else slide so that's, that's kind of the point that I reached when I was watching when you gimmicks there. that you just ace you can get away with a lot, <laughs> and, and you actually are. Yeah, best, yeah, obviously, yeah. Best, Sorry. best bank machine. Yes, yes. As he's been dubbed in Japan, and that's what they call him, yeah, the best yeah. bank machine. So, uh, and, and this point, uh, best thing on the show, easily by this at this point in the show. I'll buy by some distance, and, may, and maybe in total, if I when we uh, review, we'll, we'll come down and match that, I suppose, at the end. But this match did not, and again, the, the broken arm. Obviously, a lot of people have mentioned the lovely touch from doing the one-winged angel with the other arm because he couldn't lift his arm up. And then, obviously, at the end, the referee tries to raise his hand, he can't do yeah. it. Raise the other hand. Lovely little touch. Yeah, struggling with the pin. Struggling with the pin. And psychology. And at the end, at the end, when the lights go out and they come back on, and Pentagon rises and starts to kick the shit out of Omega. I loved it. It was great. Wasn't yeah. that awesome? Absolutely fucking loved it. Talk, talk about a guy who picks his spots well. Yeah, well, they did. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing that's reminded me. The reason I thought about the, the the Omega thing of like it's the mid-match thing when he's they are really getting into it's the Jericho the Jericho the Jericho Prince when he first goes for the walls. Yeah, that's his trigger point where the match is really okay. Now we're not playing. Now it's a proper tete-a-tete back and forth match. Someone can win it from this point forward kind of thing, and that's yeah. the that trigger point because Omega's doing so much and it's like. It's the thing. If, if if there's so much happening and I know it's irrelevant, then I'm okay. Cool. And that crowd acts the same way. Yeah. Even uh, if they don't mean to, they actually really that's do. It, yeah. So I can't be saying that. Oh, that, yeah. When the Jericho, I like it because they did the um, a couple of the production snafus, and I wondered earlier in the show why they'd happened. Uh, once or twice the lights went off, or they come back yeah, the and, and it was black. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's weird. And then they at the time I thought that's strange time and I wondered if they were, it was prefacing doing it again here which it looked like it was it seemed like it worked um, I really liked it it was great it was pro, pro, pro wrestling god damn it Jericho's following from Japan I, I love it. it I love it because he attacks him and then it's just like, everyone's like you can you can feel the buzz like oh my god I think that's Jericho oh my god I think that's Jericho and it then is. it must be he's just on the it's him and then he turns around and he hits the code breaker which is the confirmation what everyone knows and they go fucking ballistic as he's in mid code breaker. It's great. And then pulls the mask off gets another giant pop out of it. It's like, this guy's great. And of course, plugs the cruise. <laughs> fucking brilliant. That man knows business. He does, he does. 
And just as we uh, kind of feel like we're getting moving on this show, really, and getting to the stuff that really is Major League and, and, and top-tier quality, out comes the fucking boss. Oh, yes. If any, any a person who genuinely felt big time on this show, just from the- it's Okada, just from his mere presence. <laughs> he just walks into the room, and it's like, this man is brilliant. Yeah. And outside of Omega, the rest of you can just go home. <laughs> Marty Skull comes out with some fine uh, ring gear. I love his gear. Lovely jacket. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely, great look there. I'll, I'll give him. A, I'll give him that. And then Okada's little coin drops, and everyone's like, "All right, fucking superstars in our midst." And he just comes out with his uh, kind of modified look with his red hair and stuff like that. Don't like his red hair. He's been, yeah, he's, he's been going for the, uh, the very much red theme since he lost the title. And then the modified music and stuff like that as well. Mm. It's kind of like a bit of a fresh coat paint. Like, he's not the champ. There was actually a period in the G1, which I haven't seen yet, but you'll be obviously catching it very soon, where he's just doesn't wear the long jacket, just wears a T-shirt, comes out with some balloons, real kind of wacky stuff. And then as the, as the tournament gets going, he starts to look more and more like the Okada that you're kind of used he's to. He's getting his mojo. He's back. getting his mojo back, and here he is with his long coat again, his chains and stuff. He's still got the red hair, but uh, yeah, he's, he's he's moving back. So interesting stuff that they're doing, and of course this leads to Okada Mighty Skull that they kind of built up a lot on uh, being elite in terms of Mighty Skull being out of his depth as a junior heavyweight in New Japan. Okada is obviously one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. And I thought they played off it really well. I really, I really liked this match. Uh, went over time considerably, by, apparently. By, by some distance. And you can hear the referee on the outside screaming, Marty, home! <laughs> like it's fucking Doc Brown or something like that. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. But again, I, I love the pace in this match. One, again, we talk about Omega's uh, structure. Okada's match structures are the best. Maybe, without- maybe, maybe Tanahashi. Maybe Tanahashi. He's up there too. But I kind of I'm partial to Okada. I think he's just fucking brilliant. I I I, I think he's he's the tip of the spear at this point. Yeah, he's just great. Anytime he's in any, any kind of match like this, where again I just the thing I love about him is he just goes on such cruise control for the first like half. It's brilliant. It's great. So brilliant. He's give. He's emo. He's missing no emotion. Nothing. He's almost bored of the match. But the subtle selling and the subtle facials. That progress as the match goes on. Now, so few guys do work like this, or who I watch it most time anyway, and who are so believable like this. I just love this guy. Um, I, I did make the Sean Michaels Nardi. It's only because I'm a Sean fan. People appreciate that. Brett, you said is probably more accurate in terms of presentation. But my point with Liam, it's just that natural. It's like a guy who's just born to be a pro wrestler, yeah, and gets the subtleties of performance and what he's admitting to the crowd it's just like he's born with it and he's, he's probably done it since day one it's, and it's just a, such a fucking beautiful thing to watch because yeah. it's what all these indie marks they don't do and they don't even fucking recognise it half the time yeah. and the business is going to die on its ass because it, well, North America, because people don't fucking recognise it and the, 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 the foundations of what this business used to be are getting lost but in New Japan it's still there and Okada's fucking so beautiful and he's yeah. the best at it yeah. in the world just, just a natural <laughs> absolute natural yeah so and again I've got to point out one of my favourite points in this match is the Okada going for the Rainmaker and holding up the 205 right in front of Mai's face which again leads to the finger break spot which was kind of a cool touch too but uh, the general again the, the general theme of the match of Skrull trying to do heavyweight things not getting them at first getting them in the end the brain buster the power bomb stuff like that even hitting a rainmaker and hitting him with a hitting him with the uh, the umbrella and stuff like that and actually again 
they actually managed to get people to believe that my score might be Okada. Oh yeah, that crowd, that crowd were buying. And it wasn't, buying it, it wasn't, it didn't feel inauthentic in the slightest. And this is probably, this is because this it's the psychology and it's the psychology that you would expect out of New Japan, where the weight divisions mean something and where the reasons behind the weight differential mean something and the just yeah everything the present it was just. It's their wheelhouse, as Carl would say, yes. of telling a story that's authentic, is logical, and people can get their fingers into. Which is the thing. Even what was impressive is, even though Ricard is the star in this match, because of the psychology of the story they're telling, they were behind Skull for the win. It yeah. mattered one way or the other. So it's good stuff. Top yeah, top stuff. Yeah, and obviously he's he's in being the elite too, so he's a he's a big uh, star of the show. But at the same time, it didn't feel like he was out of his depth. I thought that he did really well here. So uh, I was very impressed with that. Oh my girl. I love the spot, particularly the spot, and you can almost see it coming where he gets the chicken wing on. A card drops him, and he's just kind of sitting there, like he's going to get the chicken wing back on. You know he is. He's get, it's just it's it's ready to happen, and then he waits so long that you almost think it's not going to happen, and then he does it, and people go crazy all over again. So really good stuff. I love that little touch. But uh, in the end, two rainmakers just fucking killed the guy. And we go straight, no thinking, no time for talking. We ain't got time. We ain't got fucking time for anything. Let's just throw the graphic on the screen. Young Bucks, Kota Ibushi versus Phoenix, Bandido and Rey Mysterio Jr. in our main event. Four minutes into which you can hear someone again shouting, go home. Yeah, well, when you say four minutes, that means four minutes after the bells rung. Yes, yeah, I think yeah. Rey Mysterio must be having a shit while this entrance was going oh, on or something. Because, yeah. where the fuck's he going? They're short on time. I can Ray, just, get I'm the saying, fuck out. I'm just trying to imagine the panic in the back. Where's Ray? Where the fuck is Ray? And he just says Wolverine gear on. It's like, I'm here. I'm right here. <laughs> Do you not know? Who the f- yeah, exactly. So there you go. Uh, Phoenix Bandido, Ray Jr., Young Bucks, Koto Ibushi. Certainly felt like the match the crowd came to see in terms of the entrances and stuff like that. Uh, I and That was the other thing too, by the way. Just to segue back. The card is entrance with the dollars and the fucking oh, yeah. streamers. Yeah. Great. Anyway, it was yeah. He, I was worried when again for him the three bangers went off. Uh, it wasn't impressive in, in the intro for the national anthem, and then four fireworks went off. Little fireworks at that. <laughs> but for him, at least yeah. Sparkless. <laughs> the uh, yeah, he had, he had his he had his money gun, and it looked uh, looked great. It did look great. Um, Bucks Ibushi, I, it was criminal how much they had to rush the start of this match and in the end as well. Every time I watch Kota Ibushi, the more I'm convinced that he's like, again, like all time great. <laughs> I love Kota Ibushi. He's pretty, he's he's pretty damn good. He's, he's just again good. just the G1 he had, and then this match too, where he's like, again, he didn't really get to do a ton in this match, but every time you just see, it's like this guy is just absolutely sensational at a different level of almost anybody else to the point where it's like again the whole thing of this show to me is as much as I love watching everybody else Ibushi, Okada, Omega yeah. Yeah. I just that, that's yeah, yeah. it for me yeah. I love those guys I love watching those guys I'd watch them anyway they, they, they stand out and they stand out for the for the obvious reasons yeah. they're so, just bloody good I don't, you know, I, I say that as, as someone who has seen Omega do things such as on the face and things that, that I don't particularly care for but for the most part, he does overcome those things. You know, it's a te- it's a testament to how good he is at the rest of the things he does. I can I can forget about the things that irritate me. Yeah, uh, I'd heard a lot about Bandido coming into this uh, show, and he looked pretty impressive. You think like they kind of went out of their way to try and spotlight him with some uh, particular dives and stuff like that, and the, the triple hook and run off the apron, run off the apron near the end. Yeah, there's some cool stuff there, and Ray Junior. 
did look fucking ace again. Right, right, mm-hmm. he's ace. Fucking all time great. He is all time great. Dude does not get the fucking praise he deserves. <laughs> Yeah, he's the greatest high flyer of all time. He's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah, he's been amazing for a long, long time. And again, I love. I don't know if it's just the, the relaxed schedule. There's shades of 2002 where he's been like picking his spots, getting in his kind of shape mm. for so long. Where it's like, I haven't seen Ray do a Cabrera off the top to the floor like that in years. And he's just like he's just doing what he's like doing what he's always done all over again. It's ridiculous. He's hanging with this generation of great flyers. And he's still main event because of his star power, but he doesn't feel out of his depth at all. Not in the slightest. He's great. So, uh, love seeing him. Young Bucks, Carl. Not two of your favourites. No. Historically not, speaking. No, and, and by and large, they're, they're still not really. But, you know, was, to Kieran's point, this, or your point rather, it was it was a match that the crowd had come to see, and so they, they, they ate up everything they did. I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second. Okay. Do you think that if this was not all in if this was a Ring of Honor show and this their main event they've been wanting to see for you know, the, the big match that was talked for this show was cut so short for time and this was the match they got do you think that people would be pissed off mm. as opposed to well, they loving it for yeah. what it was yeah yeah, I absolutely think that would it would it have been cut this short? Would they would it even be on pay per view? Would they have just gone over anyway? I mean, is it a if it was a streaming that wouldn't even yeah it wouldn't yeah well, that's that's yeah that's a good point. If it on a streaming pay per view, this wouldn't they wouldn't have had to cut it short since it was on actual pay per view. They had to cut it short. So again, I think that this probably would have given some sour taste in people's mouths about this show if it was anything other than all in. Yeah. And again, the work was so good that like you can't really deny it. But I mean, yeah, don't get wrong. It was it was a it was very crisp, very well done. Twelve minutes. Considering that's a but, but, cut, but, like but it was half the match still, out right before. Yeah, but but it was at the end of the day. It was still twelve minutes, and you have that that benefit of that sort of residual goodwill from the crowd that you've got there, that helps you know, mask certain things because you you wouldn't get it in other environments. I, I think you're right. If it was a Ring of Honor show where people have paid. And, and they've paid expecting to see a match that goes 25 minutes maybe 30 minutes that goes 12 they're probably going to be pissed off and they're going to let you know about it mm. um, in the same I always remember to, to use an example of that um, the first time they did uh, Angle Joe in TNA that was the exact match I was thinking of. And you sit there, you, you wait for it, your anticipation's really... Angle Joe. Like, oh, this is going to be great. Waited a year and a half yeah. for this. And it's one of the best 13-minute matches you'll ever see, but at the end of the day, it's still only 30 minutes, and you are sat there unsatisfied. Yeah. That, it felt like watching a trailer to a great film. It felt, I was like, it's like, this is ace. This is really, really good. And I got my eye on the video, my clot on the, the video, show. it's like... This there's no way, there's no way that this match can only end up being like five more minutes because just the pace that it's like this feels like there's there's a lot to come, and yeah it was uh, it was unfortunate that was the way it was again. Not going to complain about the match we got because it was still very very good, but you could just sense the the real sign of the rush job was Matt oh. Jackson sprinting down the, whole, the 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 stage to do his dive and wrestlers running to go and catch him, <laughs> like running so they can get knocked down by this <laughs> flying man. It's like this is the most Then goes Ibushi, who was like five feet short, just stops and then just falls to the ground <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that was what it was. But again, hell of an enjoyable match. Ray looked great, Bandito looked great, the Bucks, Ibushi, awesome. Now let's all bask in the adulation. Nope, no, oh, end credits. It's over. 
I was like, uh, yeah, I'm watching it, half watching it. God, he's going, this is, uh, no, it's over. That, that doesn't make much sense. Oh, it's over. Ah, oh, that makes sense now. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I wasn't tracking as I went, but yeah, as it unfolded. Ah. Yes. I'm assuming that the live audience would have known that, given the, the nature of um, the, the makeup of that crowd. Yeah. And, um, they were probably all following Meltzer in the front row on Twitter anyway, and he probably said, this show's going to be over in five minutes, so yeah. I'm sure they're all aware and it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> so with that said, with that being uh, the main event, what kind of feeling were you left with when the show was over? I just, I thought, I can't wait to watch some New Japan. Um, <laughs> I wasn't, you said there's a lot of talk and fluff about this show. It was, I watched it knowing none of the, of the, the zeitgeist of what was going on, I guess. It was just a show. It was a fine. It was a decent show with some incredible talent at the top end of it. Which I think a fair amount of the praise is over is overblown. I think talk of you know, a historic element and what comes next. I think is sort of you know putting the cart before the horse really. Because to me, it 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 didn't scream of the new, uh, beginnings of something new. It screamed of a you know one-off sort of super show here, here's certainly a, symptomatic here's, of the modern day and, yeah. and, and the new makeup of the wrestling audience that the hardcore audience certainly yeah here's all your favourites doing all the hits sort of sort of thing um, it's not a show it's, it's not a show that's going to live long in the memory at all for me personally it's, it's not a show I'm going to hark back to you used uh, one night stand as an analogy that still does sort of, you know, is 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 there in, in sort of the mental archives. Stirs you me. up on the bed, Joey Ryan style. I won't quite go that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's 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 some sort of a spark there. So when I think about one night stand, be, because ECW was a very different entity in in, in the grand scheme of, of of the of the time period in which it was in, and because you didn't expect to see those people together again. Yeah. Whereas. I will expect to see most of these individuals together again in some form or fashion, probably in a New Japan ring before he is out for most of them. Um, and to Kieran's point, well, uh, it tends to be the case with me most times now whenever I watch any sort of wrestling, I want to watch some more New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, all that aside, an, in, an enjoyable show. There were things about it I... I didn't really care for. What were they? Well, <laughs> you, you, I may have given, I may have given away what those were, um, but you know, at least in the sort of quote-unquote traditional sense, the show built to the more important matches or, or built to the stars that you wanted to see, and they were involved in good matches, which which I got a kick out of. So, you know, like I say, it's one of those not a show that's going to live long in the memory, but a thumbs up nevertheless. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's why you said One Night Stand feels like a great comparison to me because, obviously, being a part of that kind of enthusiasm to see that show, like you, Carl, when I watch that show back, I still get that memory of like how much fun I, that show felt like it to me. It was fun, but you can't, you can't even compare the two because that was, that was pure nostalgia over something, over a specific entity i.e. ECW that people were nostalgic for which yeah. is also in its own right very significant historically in, in the context of pro wrestling and the, the way the business changed 
how is this show significant other than that New Japan has a, load of sh- has a shitload of talent and you should go and watch their shows it's not significant There's, this is not some kind of this does not give any indications of pointers towards the, the way the business is going it's not a growing of the industry it's, a, it's an existing audience that has been that, has, that was drawn to wrestling previously that is probably lost with current mainstream products and, will, and have naturally ventured out and will find um, product which is hard to find but is suited to their taste now i.e. independent stuff it's not it doesn't ha- it has no bearing on the direction pro wrestling is going in any way shape or form any way shape or form and that any- I think is the big mystery I think a lot of people think that, that it is but it's not How, why if, get them on here and explain and I will drop logic bombs all over their ass. <laughs> I will carpet bomb with logic bombs I will be fucking Nixon in Cambodia with logic bombs <laughs> it's, it's funny you see you, you were going Nixon Cambodia I was going Dresden oh my you know, you beat me to a, a, a war analogy. Kudos to you. <laughs> Kudos. Um, but yeah, I, time will tell, and, and may, maybe we'll be wrong, and, and it will spark something. But I, I, I just, I have a hard time believing that. Yeah, I don't know what it could even be. Well, that's the point. There is no, what is, <laughs> what, what, get, sorry, what are we? What is? What is this? What is, what is this significant? There's going to be well, some kind of TV station is going to see that there's money here. It's like, well, they might have done. Have they not seen the penis druids? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean that in all sincerity. A, no, a TV station is not going to want that on their on their network. It depends what TV station comes. Well, okay, it depends what TV station. But if you're going into the realms of those sort of TV stations, how wide a net are you really casting with your viewing audience? Mm. <laughs> but either way, <laughs> in terms of the notion of it's going to create something, that's generally that's the key word that people use something those people that believe it's going to lead to something else can't articulate what that something is yeah so it's just again like I say a, a thumbs up show but there's a for me there's there's an emotional this just me personally there's an emotional disconnect yeah, and that's the thing about the, the capacity of one night stand was. I think that if you were in that crowd and had the emotional connection, I think that to those people, this show will be the same way one night stand was to a, a, a larger number of people who actually felt the significance, felt the nostalgia, and were happy and very, very happy to see that show, that one night stand show. There is an isolated moment that they can look back on. I think that the people who were there will think the same way of all in. Me, personally, not so much. So, there we go. Uh, we do have some feedback, actually, on this show from uh, those of you on the Facebook page who want to chime in at facebook.com slash scgradio. So, I'll uh, read a few of them here. Matt Applin says, Ring of Honor and Impact had drunk sex at a party. Nine months later, All <laughs> In was born. I may have been in the minority of those who went in with low expectations and were pleasantly surprised, rather than those that went in expecting the second coming and were let down. I believe that Cody and the Bucks did the best they could with what was available. MJF versus Matt Cross and Daniels versus, um, versus Amel felt like fillers. Cody versus Aldis was at times hard to watch. But no one ever accused old Magnus of being one to deliver an instant classic. The women's four-way went above and beyond my expectations. Omega versus Pentagon was exactly what I thought it would be. An intriguing match that showcased two of the best. The main event, I do believe, made Jim Cornette throw up. It was definitely a modern-day match. However, my favourite match was Okada versus Skrull. Uh, but that may be due to my bias of Kazuchika Okada being my favourite wrestler's 
favourite wrestler of the last five years. If this is a one-off, then my hat's off to Cody in the books for delivering a decent indie super show. If this becomes a yearly event, uh, they could make it bigger and better each year, with it being the number three show to be on next to Wrestle Kingdom and, of course, WrestleMania. Steve Rich uh, says, I haven't watched the matches yet, but there is, for me, a massive question mark over the implications to the business. There is a world of hyperbole kicking around about how it's revolutionised the industry, and honestly, that remains to be seen. Selling 10,000 tickets for a super show is a great achievement, and personally, making me interested in the NBA title for the first time in over a decade is astonishing. But come on, let's be real. People are actually talking about the implications for workers making good livings out of pro wrestling in the States without going to WWE because of this show? Only if they're taking a check from a gate like this regularly. Selling 10,000 tickets with nearly a year's hype and an appearance in the best wrestler in the world is one thing. When everyone views it as, a, as something unique, it's not sustainable. Because by definition, it's not unique next time you do something similar unless you escalate how loaded the, co- the cards are. The Super Show model has a history of failure on a much smaller scale. One PW over here kept packing the star names, but eventually the gate called off and the money ran out. Clearly, Cody and his mates wouldn't be stupid enough to book anything they couldn't afford, but the principle remains. This was special, but the more times you try it, the less special the shows become. The law of diminishing returns kicks in, especially when you haven't got a year in between to run the hype, the YouTube stories, and the cross-promotional angles. We'll look back on All In as a, they pulled it off and fair fucks to them. But come back to me in five years, and we answer the question to, did it change the business? The answer will be, did it fuck? <laughs> uh, that, uh, what I was going to say is, yeah, it's like, darling, just because I fingered you once at a party doesn't make you my girlfriend. Am I right? Am I right? You're not wrong. Um, but it, it, it's an interesting point on the on the on the attendance they drew as well. In this sense of, it's an impressive feat, but will we at some point have a good gauge on whether or not they made good money out of it? I'm I'm very I mean, eager to see what I mean, the it's, it's, you know, it's, are. it's one thing to get these everyone in, into this arena and pack out which, which again as I say it's an impressive feat but what were you charging what were you having to pay the bigger talent you know Okada's not flying in on the cheap is he Omega's not coming over well Omega's a friend so that might be different but Matrix <laughs> 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 yeah. Pro you know what I mean you know, oh, yeah. talent like that isn't coming in for free no the people who are going to get good payouts are the people who were already getting good pets from that environment, so whether that be the Cody's <laughs> or, the, or the Young Books or uh, or the Briscoes in another time when they were, when they were able to turn down development because they were making more money from being able to call their own shots and, and their business interests they had outside of wrestling. The chicken farm. Or, yeah, the chicken farm. <laughs> or, or, you know, dare I say, Joey Ryan, even. Who's, uh, that pain you to say, yeah, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> Did you not hear his voice quiver in angst? But you know, but my, my point is, these are people who were making reasonable to good money prior to the show, and will be making the same sort of money after the show. Tell me what the you know what's Matt Cross going to be making after this show? What's Nick Davis on the Facebook page says my question is where they go from here could they turn this into a quarterly event oh wait a minute I just remembered Nick Davis as a West Ham fan <laughs> <laughs> leave that in Liam <laughs> yeah, I will 
<laughs> 20,000 the next time. A lot of question marks will be answered when they show if they are fully committed when their contracts expire. Do they remain all in? Uh, honestly, I believe this is an excellent achievement. They deserve all the credit in the world for generating such a buzz. And I know it sounds cheesy, but building this dream. Uh, the growth of independent wrestling in 2018 and beyond is just crazy. ROH selling out Madison Square Garden. Impact putting on interesting television. And New Japan expanding all the time. I would argue wrestling is in a better state now than at any point in history. I would argue against that pretty strongly. I, 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 I would vehemently oppose that yeah. viewpoint. Uh, sure, you haven't got the direct competition of the Monday Night Wars, but the variety and opportunity for paydays for different performers is plentiful and varied, and us as fans are the real winners with the amount of variety. Okay, um, ring. We need to be clear about this. This notion of Ring of Honor sold out Madison Square Garden. I, I don't. I don't. Oh, it's like, slash New Japan. Slash New Japan. Oh, that's not the same. It's quite the caveat to me. It's quite a large caveat to me. At the time of year that you're also choosing to do it as well. Yeah. You know, stick ROH in that arena in, you know. Well, this is the let's, thing. Let's say October. Well, with nothing else going on. As we mentioned, 85% of the sales came locally. I think it's, to me, it's the history of, of another wrestling company running Madison Square Garden. So, and again, oh, that absolutely plays a part. I don't and think the fact that the Garden's not run as regularly as it used to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, WWE hasn't sold out the Garden for like four years. So the fact that they've done it the first time to me reads as it's it's the event, it's the, the novelty of that. We'll be, it will be interesting to see if they try it again. And if they try it again, if they try it at a different time of year, if they run it in October, mm. Carl, to your point, the same year. Would it sell out? I would be. It might get more of a flying crowd than this but, first time's gotten. But, but, but even perhaps. Then, but I, it's you know it, it's it's the tie into WrestleMania weekend as well. I still I still think that plays a part. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um. It's it's. I don't think I don't think it's done deliberately by the email. It's sort of disingenuous to suggest this is some sort of skyrocketing growth for Ring of Honor. This is at this point very much a one-off they have not shown any sort of trajectory from a business standpoint that suggests they've been on this path for some time and the sky's the limit yeah it's it, i think that this uh, if all in teaches one lesson it's just that their the mobilization of that fan base and their willingness to travel in, in a social media age is becoming is becoming a, a far bigger thing that people can take advantage of i think that's really that is the big lesson and again this is and this ties back to a remark I heard someone say about the notion of this being a new boom period. It's it, no, it really isn't. You know, a new boom period because WWE have signed such a great TV deal. No, that's great that WWE have been able to monetize in a way business, far greater really. than they were able to do. Yeah, it's a great. It's a business boom for them. It's not a wrestling boom. No, the wrestling the wrestling audience isn't growing. It's going the other way. <laughs> it's it's shrinking. But you have. A more dedicated fan base than you used to have. It's changing. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like like said, the, the proof will be in the pudding five years from now. What 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 are we all looking back on? I I think as you've said, Liam. To those that were there, it'll be a nice. It'll be a nostalgia show. They'll look back on fondly. To me, it will just be one of a litany of shows that were pretty good. Stood out because it got a bigger crowd than we normally expect. But is not a you know is not an indication of anything that's to come. I just, 
Okay. Maybe in a year, maybe in a year we'll come back and do this show. And if they're doing all in two, we'll talk about what changes have, uh, have actually gone down in the business since this, the first one happened. If anything has. Well, if, if I had to stick my neck out and say all in two next year, they'll, I, I would imagine they will sell out whatever arena they choose to, to hold it in. If, if we're talking reasonable size, if they, if they're going to go to something that's between ten thousand to fifteen thousand next year, if they do that, I'm convinced they would sell it out. Yeah. But what's gone in? What's gone on in the interim between those two points? Because if it's just more of the same, nothing <laughs> has it, changed. Yeah, I saw the guys on New Japan, and as long as they're over over there and having good matches, they'll they'll do fine. So, but that's yeah. the guys putting that on that show. So. Yeah, and it, but again, it's just that notion. Of, well, what what about the points in between? Yeah. You know, if if nothing changes in the business, then it's just it's one-off super shows that you you know you could probably do that once a year, every year, yeah, for quite a long time. But it's not an indication of a business boom or a changing nature of the business. The business is not the strongest it's ever been. You know, as, as negative as we may be about the state of WCW towards the end and how a lot of the wrestling in 1999 doesn't hold up well. More on that soon. It, that was the boom period for wrestling. Yeah. I, I, I Again, 97, you know, 98 and early 99, popularity of the business in terms of eyeballs on the product from but it's casual fans, whatever. I mean, it, That's it, a boom, a popularity boom. Monetarily speaking, do we do better than they've ever done? But the numbers are not the best they've ever been. They're the worst, they're almost the worst they've ever been. They've been setting records for the lowest ratings in company history up for Raw this last year. Yeah, and, and, and to this, the, the idea that of the strength of the business now, it, the business was more popular. Worldwide, in, on a worldwide uh, basis. New Japan was bigger. Yeah, but even even if we want, just if you want to just talk about just North America in terms of popularity of wrestling, it was big. It was more popular in the territory days as WWF mm-hmm. going into the national expansion than it is now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Watching this show was the brouhaha over ten thousand getting drawn. I'm thinking, how many times did Bill Watts do this? <laughs> yeah, Louisville Gardens, all yeah. these places, all these fucking mid south Coliseum, Budfoot places. It's like <laughs> they're, 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 you cannot compare. It's nine. They would have their big, their their one big. Sh- yeah, they they do obviously their spot shows thing. But they'd have their their one big show every you know the end, end of every month where they'd get those sort of numbers. World class in its heyday would would have what about eighteen thousand reunion arena four times a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other way that you just can't let it trail off, Carl. That's your major point. It's fantastic work. Alec Norton writes, uh, I'm relatively new to wrestling because I haven't started watching, uh, as I, sorry, I, I started watching, he says, at WrestleMania 31, and I've been 90% a WWE watcher since then, save for taking a look at New Japan and ROH. Uh, All In was my first full independent pay-view, and I enjoyed it as a pretty decent, though maybe not outstanding event. I actually quite like this as a, a neutral party. Mm. Nothing seemed to dip below three stars on a personal rating level, but on the flip side, nothing went above four ish for me either however I think it's solid, uh, definitely a solid foundation for a future for more all in events and I will catch them in the future Joe Ankovics I guess in response to the origin of this whole thing writes suck it Melter <laughs> suck it long <laughs> and suck it hard <laughs> straight into the point Finn <laughs> Finn from Joe so uh, I guess I mean that pretty much sums us up in terms of full coverage of the show what we think it means uh, in here and now so my final question to you gentlemen will be favourite match of the show 
Harder. Oh. Hang on. <laughs> I waved on this too. I waved. I, it's 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 a close one. A carder did get a rewatch today. It, it's a close one, but I'll 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 go Omega Pentagon. I'll go. I'll stick with a carder because I enjoyed all of his match, not just the peak. Not just after the second half of it, or say two thirds of it. Yeah, I think for that reason, I'm gonna say Okada and Mike Skull too. Actually, I, and I loved Omega and Pentagon. I thought that was in terms of a. Ah, uh, you know what? God damn it! I did love Omega and Pentagon. They that was really I, good. I, thinking back, I think I really like Pentagon. I've seen him before. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the spots in that one stand out more, but overall, I enjoyed the Okada match more. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. It's like the, the, the tension was. The, the, it feels like the peak of the tension was Omega and Pentagon, which to me is is. I'm, I'm going to go Omega's match. <laughs> I'm going to go Omega's match in the end. But it's close. It, it's not exactly a horrible headache to have, is no, it? It's no, not. it's not. And again, the, and this we're, we're ignoring. Unlike the main event. Pentagon's name. <laughs> yeah, which again, as I, I love the main event too, but it's just it wasn't it wasn't everything it could be. So you no, kind of got that little bit of it. It was rushed. Who impressed you the most that you hadn't seen before on this show? Um, I've done, I've done to that. Pentagon. Yeah, Pentagon. Yeah, yeah. Hard to hard to look past that. All right, excellent stuff. With that said, that wraps us up for All In. We hope you enjoyed the discussion, and of course, we will be back next week. Returning to the Monday Night War timeline, the crown jewel of our SCG schedule here. This time, talking November of 1999, uh, every Raw, every night, or every pay-per-view. Of course, backstage news and notes from the Pro Wrestling Torch and Wrestling Observer newsletters of the time as well. A uh, lot of fun. Obviously, we are now in the Russo era. <laughs> Which means we've got some Whew! prime, prime material to get into. We've got a, uh, a, an all-time great wrestling wedding and a, an injury, an injury to the top guy in the business, which we'll be talking all about. And there's a lot of stuff, a lot of interesting notes around it that we'll be talking about next week here at SCG Radio. So, thank you very much for Kieran O'Rourke. It's been a pleasure. For Carl Jones. I'm ready for a block party. <laughs> I'm Liam O'Rourke and we are out of here. Talk to you next week. That's like an intro, Carl. <laughs>